Here at Chasing Growth, we use the Anchor app to record our podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free and easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I recommend it. We use it here at Chasing Growth. Welcome to Chasing Growth, a podcast on leadership ideas, organizational health, and personal growth. To help us spread the message of Chasing Growth, please subscribe, make a comment, and share this podcast on your social media. And now a new episode of Chasing Growth. Welcome to Chasing Growth, um, a special week. We're still under the quarantine. We still got to be indoors as much as possible, keeping the distance, watching our hands 20 seconds and all the things that we probably repeating to our kids a lot. I, I, I'm doing that. <laughs> I'm repeating that all, all day to my kids. But one of the things that I'm telling them too, wash your hands often and pray often. Just something to say, something to tell you that uh, it's important too. So today I just want to share a couple of things. For many of us, life has changed in, in a lot of ways. And I want to give you just some ideas, a couple of things that you should be doing or maybe you can do or implement and you every day uh, in this uh, Lent that we all have to do. Um, you know, the 40 days before Easter, uh, we experience it a little bit different this year. Uh, it's very interesting. And um, Lent, Quaresma, and quarantine come from the same idea, the same type of word, which is four times ten. And we all actually are in our houses. We have to be without going anywhere. And soon will be 40 days. Um, so I want to give you some ideas. If you're a leader and your life has changed and you have to work from home, uh, you're not used to it and you have a team or you are part of a team, I just want to give you some ideas of what you could do uh, the, to maintain uh, the team and maintain productivity uh, to, to have good results. One of the things that you can you have to do, you have to be in contact and communicate as much as possible. You have to be communicating. There's no excuse for not communicating these days. You have Zoom, you have Slack, you have Microsoft Teams, Skype, you have Marco Polo. You have to be communicating all the time. And one of the things that's so important about communication do in these times that we live in right now, when things are not very clear, when you turn one channel and they're telling you one thing, you watch, you look another channel that tell you something different. Uh, people is very concerned about really what is going on. So you gotta really communicate to keep people um, in in target, focusing and what they need to stay. Uh, a, a, clearly looking all the time. And that's the direction, the goals, the why you're open, why you're doing what you're doing, your mission. And and don't don't worry, just repeat it, repeat it. Leaders are repeaters. You have to repeat a lot. And this is the thing. Maybe you haven't done it before. You didn't do it when you were at the office. You were not repeating these things. You were not repeating the mission all the time. You were not talking about why you do what you do and all that stuff. But nothing wrong with that, you know? 
challenging times call for challenging changes. So you can do a change right now and start being that leader. They actually communicate a lot and repeat a lot so people can hear that from you and they find some peace knowing with the clarity of the direction. That's very important. Maintain engagement. Key. That's very important. Maintain engagement. You can that you can do trivia games. You can do physical challenge. You can do uh, different things through the week, through the days. Uh, many meetings just to keep the engagement. You can record some videos in different places of your house. You can do different things just to keep people engaged and people together as much as possible, even they're working far away from one another. La- this is very important. Let people know when it's okay to disconnect. Because we're not going to work and we are not coming back from work, it's very easy to have days that can be 11 hours or more sometimes because we're not disconnecting. We're just constantly by the computer. It's right there by our phones. So when when people know it's okay to disconnect, when it's okay to not answer an email, when it's okay to not have to go and answer the phone, uh, we still are with our family. We still need that time. So it's very important to make very clear, especially if you're in charge, to let people know when they can disconnect. Um, I heard stories of people just going hours uh, because you're not technically leaving work. <laughs> They're not used to it. Uh, and so they keep working. And that's a big problem. Finally, if you're a leader, at the end of all this, you have to evaluate. And actually, you don't have to wait for the end. It will be a great thing for you and your team to start talking about what have been difficult? What is have been easy? What needs to be changed when working remotely, when working from home? Uh, do you need uh, clear guidelines when working from home? Do you need a specific internet access, whatever? All that kind of stuff is a discussion that you can start now. If you don't start it now, you have to have it later. You have to evaluate. Now, I want to give also some tips and some ideas to uh, spiritual leaders or leaders of a church, of the local church. There's a couple of things that you should be doing and something that you can do right now. And one that's very important, uh, it's very, very important when it's about being with people. It can be as simple as uh, just making a phone call to the members of the church. Uh, I know you may be thinking, well, I have 500 people. Uh, if I call every day 100, that's five days. That's a lot. But you also have people who work with you or people who is mature in the church that can be calling. I'm pretty sure if people's donating, you have their emails. So you have their phones. So grab that list, email it out, and tell people to start calling and call uh, people to pray and tell them that we're that you're praying for them, pray with them in the phone. Listen, these phone calls, I guarantee you, can be led by God, can be moved by God, can be direct, can be directed by God. And you never know when the person gonna answer, and they may be in so much need to hear the right word, to hear a prayer. So go ahead, make a list, email it out, and start calling people. There's no reason for not doing it. A lot of churches are doing um, sermons online, but it's the same thing we watch all the time. You know, they put this, the sermons online, the worship. It's nothing different. So I want to challenge you to break a little bit the rules and maybe do different things. For example, QAs. Uh, you can you can have a if you have a you can have different small group and invite people to have a time with you where you can see their faces through Zoom. And they can see you and you can have a QA. Well, what's going on? You know, you can have a, a, a members meeting to Zoom. So everybody can be there and ask questions, maybe more family business of the church. And they can talk about the financials of the church, what's going on and what, what is the plan, what's going to happen. Or maybe even talk about how the church can respond to this, etc. Uh, you can do it in different ways, but definitely it will be great. 
one of, and maybe one of the things that also you could do is go a little bit back uh, to what I like to call old school. And maybe some people don't even know this term very well. And it's, it's a prayer chain. In the old days, you, people used to have prayer chains 24 hours. People will sign up uh, different times of the day to be praying, right? So the whole day will be covered in prayer. Uh, I don't know if many people are capable to do that. I don't know if some people know even how to pray, uh, especially if you have been in a comfort-driven church. Probably you don't know how to pray, and probably you don't even know what is a, what is a prayer chain. But it's great. It's great for engagement. I done it. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's something that you can do. It will cost you nothing just to engage people and people being praying in a period of time during the day, uh, stopping to pray for whatever you think is appropriate to pray. Especially these days with the coronavirus, you can make a list of praying for the president, praying for our leaders, pray for health, and pray for God to intervene in all this. And pray for really understand and know what God is doing in the life of the church, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So a prayer chain will be great. You can do some time of fasting, uh, just things that you can do. One thing that you have to do, uh, if you're a, a spiritual leader, a church, a pastor, a church member, or a leader in the church, whatever, something you have to do is make yourself available. You have to make yourself available. Set up a phone number. Let people know that you are available this day. Your job has changed. It not You're not preaching on Sunday, so out of the blue, your job right now is to be available 24-7. And why not, right? Why We have to pay the price to follow Christ. So right now you have to be available. Be available for people to call you so you can pray for them, for people to email you if they have needs, if they need something, uh, support, or something happened. They just need somebody. And just make yourself available uh, to people's needs. And that's very, very important. One of the things that you want to consider, too, is to ministry to dads and moms. And what I mean is that there's many moms and dads today. We They're used to it, to take their kid to Sunday school. And and uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not being critical, but there's a lot of this. Uh, I know somebody who used to take their kid to Sunday school, and they will go after, when they leave the kid in Sunday school, they will go do grocery chop, uh, groceries uh, uh, and, cho- and go shopping for some stuff. Uh, so some people really believe that, uh, to take their children to Sunday school and leave it to the professionals, and they're the one who need to talk to uh, uh, about God to them and all that stuff. So one of the things that I will encourage to the to the church these days is to maybe prepare something special for moms and dad to maybe it, it's not too late. You still can do it to to tell them how to talk to their children about what's going on and what do you, what do we mean when we say God is in control? Maybe prepare some devotionals they can do as a family together. You know. Maybe a time they can be praying. Maybe a different thing they can be more appealing to the whole family and praying together. One of the things that we do as a family, uh, we pray often. Uh, that's something that I'm not saying it to be proud, but we do pray a lot. And we are sending our kids to pray during the day and read their Bibles and be by themselves, teaching them that uh, a long time. But, that you know, I have been in church my whole life. I have been hearing about you have to cheer Christ and, and all, all my whole life. So... It doesn't, it's not a surprise to me that we have to do it with our kids, but there's so many people out there, their biggest uh, spiritual challenge we have to do with their children is just take them to church. That's it. You take them to church, they take care of that. They talk to them about Christ. So today there's no church to go. <laughs> so what are those moms and dads going to do? I think it's a great opportunity for them to grow, and you can be a key part of that if you share things specifically about how they can grow. Now, I want to tell you two things that happened this week. And one is a really bad experience. 
may not bother you at all, but it bothered me. And the other one is an awesome experience. Amazing, actually. I was very excited. I thought that when I saw it, I was like, my goodness, that's exactly what needs to happen everywhere. Anyway, so let me tell you the two experiences. The, uh, the first experience, uh, the bad one, I just heard that 3 million people lose their job. If you have ever lost your job or you haven't been with, without a job or you didn't have a job that was enough to pay the bills, I have been there. I have a job one time and we didn't have enough money to buy milk. That's the reality. That's how it was. And today I can speak freely about it and feel very confident because I saw God hand through all that. And there was a purpose for that, but it, was, it wasn't easy. It was hard. So when I hear 3 million people lost their job, uh, I think about that dad, you know, that 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 dad, they, they won't be able to provide for their kids. The Sunday night will come and there's no job to go. The, the 15th and the 30th, the bills will pile up. There's no way to pay the bills. Uh, I think about that and I think how hard it is. So the bad experience was, was, was it was with a mega church from up north, um, from here, I guess. They sent a, a request to donate to the church. And this happened very close to one another and said to donate to the church to keep doing the ministry. And you may not, you may not care about that. You may be okay. You may think in the church need money. And I think the church needs money. We have to tie and we have to give. But at the same time, I believe the church have to trust God. And I, I think that the church in these times is when instead to be asking, we should be giving. We should give it giving and not, not asking. Uh, and trusting God that he will provide and not just, hey, donate, donate, donate. And there's people losing their jobs and moms and dads, they don't know how to gonna provide to their kids. And we're asking for money publicly. Um, for me, that was a really bad experience. But it was a great experience. I was watching the news too, like we all do these days a lot, I guess. And I saw Franklin Graham from Samaritan Purse. What a testimony. These guys opened hotel, uh, hotels, <laughs> hospitals in New York. They didn't ask for a penny. They just went there. He had an opportunity on TV to tell people, hey, donate. He didn't. You know what he did when he was on TV? He talked about Jesus Christ. He said that Jesus Christ is the rock of his ministry. That they won't be checking because that's the foundation. And he, like in five minutes, he shared the gospel. Amazing. Amazing experience. And I just want, and that, with that, I want to say, you know, when we, when the church have to evaluate all this, what is happening with the coronavirus, is the, is our church, is our people ready to share Christ? This, this coronavirus thing probably will be resolved. Maybe it will take a month or two, whatever, but I, I'm a hundred percent sure it will be resolved. But why, why if it was something a little more drastic or even worse, is the people at church today ready Ready to be Christ for so many who may need to hear about Christ. Do we have disciples in our church or we just have people who attend to church? In many, in many churches, especially the comfort-driven church, the people only get challenged to invite somebody to church so the professional can take care of them. The professional can talk to them about God. Maybe they get challenged to share about the church and how good they are, how they worship, maybe that our church is better than your church because we have more lights or we have fog and whatever. And that's all the challenge they get. Maybe the biggest challenge is to be part of a small group where maybe, yeah, you have life, to, you do life together, but 
maybe some small groups are great. I'm not saying they're not, but I'm pretty sure there's many they're not, and people's not growing. And today, the church, we don't have a place to invite anybody. We don't have a place to take anybody to hear about Christ. We are the only ones. This what's happened. Like a lot of big churches like to talk up, like, like to talk and say that that we can learn from the business world. Well, we have to learn this maybe from the business world too. Imagine a self person who work for a company and they don't know the product. They just know how the office look. Oh, the office look great. You should buy a product. Our office is awesome. Nobody will buy anything. And that's how Christians behave. Our church is great. We do this, we do that. It's so nice. But the product, we don't know it. And, and technically our product is Jesus Christ. How many people really is, is ready to share the gospel these days? I think the church, your, your church, whatever you're going to church, you have to evaluate. Is your people ready to share the gospel? Or you, you, or maybe you are the one who think, well, it's my job because I'm the pastor. If that's your case, I think you're wrong. But is your people ready to share the gospel in these times? Is your people ready to pray for their neighbors if they need it? Is your people ready to, to go and, and do something? You know, go pray for somebody who may be in need. Is your people ready to give their life for the gospel? I mean, why not? The Bible said that we no longer live. We have been crucified with him. We no longer live in the life that we live. We live in faith of the Son of God. Is that reality is something we're preaching? Do we have disciples or we have attendees, people who go to church? It's a challenge, something to think and evaluate, something to consider, right? Something to, to think about and maybe something we have to change. Maybe we have been so scared to not be that church that we thought is scary because all these rules and we have walked so far away from that, that today when the church is needed, we have just few examples of the church being the lie of the world. And when all the other churches are just closed, because we are event driven. So if we don't have the event, nothing happened. The church died. What if we go five months close? What we, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? So that's what I have been thinking. And I don't have an answer, but I do believe that we have to go back to what is true, even if it's hard to hear, that we no longer live, that we have been crucified in Christ. Those, those type of messages are real too. Uh, that we have to live a, a life of uh, a sacrificial life. That we have to give. It's better to give than receive. That our life is not our own. That we belong to God. Because the reality is right now, if you're a Christian, like I am, after we consider all things and emotions, we know the truth. That my life is under God's control. So even if I get sick, God is in complete control. Why am I going to be afraid at the end of the day? But I'm pretty sure many Christians still concerned. So we have to give them a lot of message on fear and deal with this and deal with that. When there's people who actually don't have Christ and they still have to deal with this. So I, I, I wonder, and I wonder about how the church will evaluate this and change. And I hope the church change. And I start being more real about the real message of Jesus Christ, the gospel. I want to tell you something that I thought, and it's something easy just for maybe somebody, maybe you will be in a situation these days when you have to share with somebody who is scared. Maybe with your children, you may have to share the gospel. And I want to make it super simple so everybody can remember. And it's three letters, three, three S's. The first S is for sin. What I like to say sometimes, the first S is for you suck. We all suck. We all no good. We are no good at all. 
we have a sin sinful nature, we cannot escape from it. It's there. We do good things expecting reward. We 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 want more. We we never satisfy. We have we we have we are so messed up in so many ways. Our thoughts, the things that we do sometimes, that our reaction, so many things that are wrong with us. We all are living as we have a sinful nature. That's the first S. The second is that because that we all need salvation. And who provides the salvation is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, God Himself may, may he, Himself may um, He came and lived among us. Uh, he was made man to identify with us, to sympathize with us. He um, He He lived a life there wasn't a life of comfort. If you compare your Christian life with His, you, <laughs> our life, we have place to sleep, we have food. I take a shower every day or two. Uh, no, no, he lived a life that was terrible, a difficult life, very difficult life. And he, even then, he went to the cross for us and paid for all our sins, past, present, present, and future. And he died on the cross and he was resurrected on the third day and he's coming back. He went to heaven and he's coming back. And that's another thing that I haven't heard the church talking about it. Jesus is coming back. And these are signs that the Bible tells us, hey, this thing's going to be happening. And we act surprised. <laughs> and the Bible already telling us about it. And we act like, oh my goodness, what's happening? Well, Jesus is coming back. This world isn't perfect and he will make it right. He's coming back. Um, and the last S, so I said three S's. Sin, or we suck, salvation, and the last S is sanctification. God has one plan for your life, one purpose that he will accomplish. And that's for all the people who believe this truth. He will transform you to the image of your son, his son, no matter what. He will do it. He will do it. Regardless of what you may be thinking, he will do it. If you believe the truth, that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he died for all your sins, past, present, and future, and that he died on the cross and he resurrected on the third day and he went to heaven and he's coming back. If you believe the truth and you call yourself a Christian, I'm telling you, Jesus God have a plan for your life, and that plan is to transform you to the image of His Son, and that will stop. That will happen. So, right there, a simple way to present the gospel. I know just to remember the three S's: sin, salvation, and sanctification. Uh, I wonder how many people can do that. And I made it very simple. I didn't even quote Romans three twenty three or anything like that. I made it super simple. Gospel for dummies, right? Uh, but I wonder. When we evaluate all this, how the church will respond to this? It's not too late. We still can respond. You know, like the ideas ideas I gave you. Um, maybe open your, your building to help some people. You know, open it for people who's not sick with the coronavirus, but maybe need a place to stay. Homeless people so they don't get infected. I don't know. There's still a time to do. But the question is, how the church will, when the church evaluates this, after this happened, what will be the answer? So thank you for listening. I hope this challenged you personally, uh, challenge you as a church, as a ministry, and you do something. Go and do something. Don't be afraid. Our life, we live in this size of the eternity, right? We're on this side. We're eternal. We live in just this side of the eternity. So nothing to worry about it. But time to when the time to evaluate, even now, and it's not too late, you can start now. How are we responding to the crisis? How are we responding as Christians to the crisis? Are we responding from the comfort? We're concerned because we have to 
we cannot find bread or we cannot find toilet paper. That's our biggest concern. Our biggest concern is that people is dying today in those hospitals alone with nobody around them. And you know who identified with them more than anybody? Jesus Christ died alone too. No friends, nobody, even nobody, even his father abandoned him at that moment for our sake. He identified himself with them and some people is going through that right now. It's very sad. So how the church will respond to all this? Anyway, so if you like this content, please share it on your social media with your friends. And let me know if you like it. <laughs> you know, it's like we're here to serve you and just to uh, provide as much information and content. And just so, you know, I call this thing chasing growth because I think it's something we have to be doing. We have to grow. And this is a great time to grow together, to become better, to be better so that people around us can be better. Now, we, if you're a Christian, we only can do it with in the, if we trust God and in His power, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Finally, and this is the last thing, just remember that this is also it's a spiritual aspect of all this. It's not, it's not with strategies or things that we can do or if the president, president will come out with a solution or we're going to find the medicine. It was his Holy Spirit that we're going gonna to get through all this. Just remember that. Thank you very much. God bless you. Take care of yourself. Watch your hands. Don't touch your face. And just think about what I said and start acting today. Thank you. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Please help us spread the message of chasing growth by subscribing, commenting, and sharing this podcast on your social media and circle of friends. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Again, thank you for listening and keep chasing growth and stay tuned to our next episode. Our or my? Because <laughs> we put we. You put we. Yeah. So it would my. It would our. be our, right? Yeah. Did you say mine? I said our. You deleted the wrong thing. Uh-uh. On. Right, you I want to hear it. <laughs>